Thank you for listening to a podcast of Rock Church. For more information on sermons and events, connect with us online at rockchurchnow.com or search Rock Church Now in the App Store. You guys excited for Wednesday uh, Mountaintop? Good week? Am I on? All right, cool. Didn't feel like I was on. Don't stare at my clothes. I've had some smart aleck remarks this morning. Yes, my wife dressed me. My question is, who dressed you? All right, go to Colossians chapter 2. I am really excited about that mountaintop coming up. And man, I, I'm just praying that, that that prayer, that cause of the Ukraine and Impact One and Chi Alpha, that we reach our goal. Amen. Let's man up, wake up, and do whatever God calls us to do, because it would be really exciting next week to get up here and say, look what God did in and through us. Amen? All right, I think I told you to turn to Colossians 2. We'll get there in a little bit. Share a little message called Wake Up and Get Connected. Wake up and get connected. Most of you know that uh, part of my testimony is that I got caught up and connected to the party crowd by the looks of this crowd, I got a feeling some of you did as well. Um, I want you to know that the party crowd is a big crowd, and it's getting bigger, right? Um, I got caught up and connected to the party culture. Just so you know, it is a culture. And I got caught up and connected to the party community. And it may not sound like it is, but it really is. It really is a community. I will give them that. And the primary reason why I got caught up and I got connected to the party crowd, if I could say what was the primary reason that I got caught up in this was because I was craving to connect. There was just a craving in my heart to connect. Go to that next slide, all right? It's really important because I want us to know that we are all craving to connect. Are you, are you with me? I woke up every morning, barely, um, and or late. I woke up every morning to rock and roll all night and party every day. Who was with me, right? And I had to fill and satisfy my deep craving to connect. I was doing whatever I could, and, and the party crowd seemed to temporarily fill that, fill that hole in my heart. Um, no one told me that my craving to connect to the party crowd would turn into a devastating addiction, right? They left that, that part out, but how many know that's another message? It's totally a different message. Here's my point. We all have a craving to connect. Here's the question. The question is simply this, or the questions. What crowd and culture are you really connected with? Another question would be, who will we connect to trying to fill our need, trying to fill our void, trying to fill that craving. Who is it that we're really going to connect to? And another question might be, how will the community we connect to satisfy our relational needs? Because we all have them. We all have them. Today, this is, don't miss this. It seems whoever, it seems like whoever connects with our culture and the crowds best wins the culture and the crowds. That's what it seems like. Now, you say, what do you mean wins them? Well, wins them over to their cause. 
wins them over to, to, to uh, their, their style, their, their addiction, their, their values. I'm going to say that again. Whoever connects with our culture and the crowds best wins the culture and our crowds. And the way culture is trying to win the generations is to connect with their social and or relational needs. I'm telling you, they're doing, they're doing a pretty good job of that. They're not digging in deep to their real needs, but they understand if you want to connect to the generations, we got to connect to their social and relational needs. The way culture is trying to win the people's time, talents, and treasures is to connect with their emotional needs. So they know you've got a little bit of emotional tug deep in your heart, and they're, and they're going to get your time, they're going to get your talents, and they're going to get your treasures by connecting to your, to your emotional needs. And the way culture tries to win our nation and or the nations is to connect with their moral and or political preferences, their moral and or political opinions, their moral and or political, uh, what they think they need when it comes to morality, what they think they need when it comes to politics. And they're doing a pretty good job of connecting. I want you to listen to what the Apostle Paul said about connecting, because it's just brilliant stuff. And he says this in Colossians chapter 2, verse 19. Listen. He says, they have lost connection. They've lost connection with the head, which is Christ, from whom the whole body, the church, supported and held together by its ligaments and joints, grows as who? God causes it to grow. I'm going to read it again. They've lost all connection, which is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, the church, supported and held together by its ligaments and joints, grows as God causes it to grow. Now, I know when you read that verse of Scripture, it's easy to go, no doubt about it, the generations, society, the crowds out there, they are not connected to Christ and they're not connected to Christ's church. But that's really not what Paul's addressing here. The part that we cannot miss is Paul is really addressing how Christians are not connected to Christ. How Christians are not really connected to Christ's church. Please don't miss that. We've lost this, this relationship or we've lost this, this connection and he's addressing that to a first century church going, listen, man, you guys have lost your connection. You're not really connected to Christ and you're surely not connected to, to, to the church. You're not connected to the head, which is Jesus, and you're not connected to the body, which is the church. See, biblically, guys, there are two primary connections and that is Christ and his church. Let's not make this more difficult. Are there other things to connect to? Yes, but almost all the things that the scriptures call us to connect to flow out of our relationship with Christ and our connection with his church. That's really important. I'm not gonna expound on that too much right now. I'll probably do that a little bit more later, but it's important that we understand that God's like, listen, I want you to connect to my son and my bride. Hello. Well, you just, let's not make this more difficult than it is. The two primary connections are connect to God, the Son, and his bride, which is the church. And here at Rock Church, the two primary ways, very social and spiritual strategies to get and stay connected are what we call life groups and life teams. So that's kind of like our strategy to try to help 
everybody get connected to Christ as well as Christ's bride. Do we have other opportunities? Yes. But our two primary strategies, guys, is you got to connect to a life team that has a lot to do with serving others, right? And you got to get connected to a life group that has a ton to do with experiencing community with others. Those things are really important. Now, I got this little diagram I want to show you on the screen, right? And I've shown this before, but it's been a few years. Look at where your sweet spot is. Your sweet spot's right in the middle. We have this misconception, and this misconception is, are we okay, Jake? Jake wants to fix my mic. I think the truth is he wants to get on Facebook so he can get a girlfriend. It's been a while, hasn't it? But every six months, Jake goes in the sound booth and says, make his mic sound horrible so I can go up there and get a girlfriend. Is that better? I knew something was wrong. All right. Must be the jacket. All right. So listen, guys, you can, the misconception that some of us have is I, I pop into church, you know, once a month, twice a month, maybe even three times a month, right, which would be a miracle in this day and age. But some of us, you know, and we think because of that we're, we're connected. And it's, it's, listen, consistency in a local church is just part of the connection on a Sunday. You know, there's just more to it. You're not going to fully connect and reach health and maturity. We'll talk about that in a little bit if you don't connect in some other ways as well. You got to find a team to serve on. We'll talk about that again in a little bit. And you got to find a group to experience community. And when those three overlap, again, that is where you'll be healthy. You'll be radically balanced. And generally speaking, that is when you will feel and sense that you are connected. So let's backtrack a little bit. Number one is wake up to our problem. We have a problem. You got your Bible, go to Romans 12, as well as Hebrews 10. We'll get there in a little bit as well. Because sometimes the world, some of you aren't going to like this, but sometimes the world, society, and culture understands our need to connect better than some local churches. See, the world often puts in a better effort and better strategies to get people to connect. They got some really good strategies. We're over here debating it, you know, while they're doing it. They're actually connecting. I'm gonna list just a couple of society's strategies to connect us. There's tons more. Uh, One would be cell phones, right? Um, You need a good connection and a good provider. How many of you are connected with Verizon? Raise your hand, all right? How many of you are connected with AT&T? Raise your hand. How many are connected with T-Mobile? Raise your hand. How many are connected with Xfinity? Raise your hand. How many are just refusing to get a cell phone? How many still have a, a, a flip phone? I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wi-Fi is another way to connect. And how many know your pastor is not going to go there right now? All right. Uh, commercials. Listen, this is so, this is, they're, they're so strategic nowadays. They are geared to connect you with your pocketbook. Why do you think I turn them off as soon as they come out? I'm gone. I'll find a game. (laughs) I ain't watching a commercial, right? And here's here's their new strategy. Their new strategy is to tell this story that has nothing to do with the product. You're interested in this story. You're watching the story. And then right at the end, they're trying to sell you a camera or something, right? It's just brilliant stuff. 
I would say Zoom and, and Google Meet uh, allow us to connect to meetings from, from, you know, you can be in a meeting from your home and from your car. I've had meetings with people driving home from events. They put, they, you know, hopefully they're not looking, but at least you can have a meeting with them. Uh, Google Maps is another way to connect everyone to, to their destination except me. Um, although I'm getting better at it. Okay, I'm getting really, really good. I got to go to Brighton tomorrow, and I will use Google Map, and I will get there. Praise the Lord. Uh, TV remote controls connect us to changing channels. Some of you that are younger don't realize how blessed you are. How many remember when we had to stand up and walk to the TV? And then when you changed the channel, it got all fuzzy. And if you had a dad like mine, he would say, don't move, you know? You had to hold the, the antenna for like 40 days and 40 nights till the news was over or, or Archie Bunker got done telling his jokes, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes you had to use like aluminum foil. Remember those days? It's a, it's a wonder that none of us got electrocuted. I'm just saying. Social media. Huh. Obvious effective ways to connect. Listen, politicians use social media to connect to the younger generations. You realize that? And what's sad is some churches either neglect or rebuke connecting to social media strategies. But politicians are using it in effective ways. Now, an obvious community connection is your typical coffee house, right? Nobody goes there for an $8 coffee. Who goes there for a $12 fufu drink? Just a couple fools, right? I mean, I mean, we tend to go there because we get addicted to the caffeine, we get addicted to the connection, and we get addicted to the community, right? Very few people are coffee snobs. If you are a coffee snob, would you raise your hand, please? There they are, all over there. And they're all between 23 and 28. All right. All right. Would you like to borrow my jacket? All right. Okay. Listen. Many people are connecting to community through things like Tough Mudders and triathlons and, and Color Red and Warrior Dash. How many have ever done anything like that? Raise your hand. How many wish your body would allow you to do that? Okay. I love your honesty, Pastor Steve. Listen, today we are connecting to things more than ever before. Don't miss this. Our problem is we've never been more disconnected. We've never been more disconnected. We're trying to connect to everything out there and we've never felt more what? We've never felt more disconnected. And we are, we are so disconnected because we are connecting to everything except what God calls us to connect to. Let me say that again. We are so disconnected because we're spending all time, talents, and treasures trying to connect to everything God calls us, to, calls us not to connect to. Not nearly as valuable as connecting to God. And when you read the scriptures from Genesis to Revelations, okay, I want you to know you will be relieved. And some of you need to be set free today. You need to be relieved. Just read Genesis through Revelations and you will see what we talked about earlier. God has narrowed it down to two primary connections, Christ and church. You know, Colossians 2.19, again, we've lost the connection. Again, that 
is the problem. God's list to connect is so much shorter, it's so much simpler, and it's way more strategic, okay, than our cultures. Our cultures, our ways to connect are ever-changing. Every two years, every five years, every 10 minutes, it seems like, there's a new way to connect, and it's changing all the time, and we're jumping on those bandwagons, yet we're not really fixing the problem because our connection to Christ isn't real close, and our connection to his church is half-hearted, sometimes at best. How many still love their pastor? All right. Again, we got to wake up, and we got to see our problem. And here's our problem. People need to connect. And many things that, that people are connecting to the world, I am not saying they're godly, but at least they understand the importance to connect. The problem with a lot of Christians is, is we can't even see the problem. You know? Again, society, I'm not saying what they're asking you to connect to is godly. That's not the point. But at least they see the problem. They know the crave. They know that you and I need to connect to something. The question I have for us Christians and us, those in the church, do we even see the problem? And are we willing to do something about the problem? I want you to listen to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, just a classic area of Scripture. Listen to Paul here. Apostle Paul says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I want you to listen. One, you will either conform and connect to the patterns and practices of the world, or two, you will change. You'll be transformed and get connected to Christ and his church. Are you with me? Listen, God needs to transform and renew our minds. He needed to do that with me. If you knew my mind before I knew Jesus, you would say you need a major transformation. And I would say the same for you. He needed to transform my mind and and renew my mind so that my mind would become healthy and my mind would become holy. You can say amen anytime you want. And my mind would become whole and my mind would become honest and my mind would become transparent and my mind would become real and vulnerable, right? He had to transform all that. And I'm telling you, whether you like it or not, he used God the Son to do that and he used the church to help transform my mind. What a crazy thought that I would hang out in in ministries and serve on a team and God would use that to transform my mind or be in a group with with psycho-Christians and God would use that to help transform my mind. Are you with me? Now, I'm not going to bore you with the latest statistics when it comes to this problem, Um, when it comes to serving on teams and or participating in small groups. But I want you to know that generally speaking, the stats are plummeting. They're decreasing. They're nosediving, just like businesses. You talk to businesses and they will tell you, I'm having a hard time getting people to work. Have you heard this argument? (laughs) I was out to eat with an owner of a business the other day, he owns a restaurant. How many know this guy and I are going to get really tight? 
when I asked him, what's your biggest challenge, what's your biggest problem? He said, it's staff. I just can't get anybody to work. I, can, I can't get people to work. And I'm telling you, the same things happen in the churches. How many, how many realize it's, 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 the same, it's the same problem? You know, churches today are struggling big time to get people in community groups and or on teams to serve. It's been a huge challenge. Are you with me? Yet the scriptures clearly call every believer to connect. It doesn't say, you know, hey, in the middle of a pandemic, stop. There's nowhere in scripture does it say, stop connecting. If anything, the scriptures clearly call us to connect more and more and more and more and not less and less and less and less. Somebody say amen. Amen. It does. And I'm going to show you that. I think I told you to turn to Hebrews as well. Um, Hebrews chapter 10. We'll start in verse 24. Are you there? Listen to the author here. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Now, I don't know about you, but I need to be spurred on. I need to be spurred on to love and good deeds. Good deeds has a lot to do with serving, all right? So the author is saying, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and serving and or good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the what? Say it loud. All the what? As you see the day approaching. Listen, guys, we are called to get together more as we see the day approaching. So here's the question. What day is approaching? The Lions are going to win a playoff game? I mean, what, 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 what day is approaching? The return of the Lord and or the end times events. So this is the strategy of the enemy. He, he, in some ways... In some ways, he's brilliant, if I can say that. The scriptures tell us, as you get closer to the end, get together more and more and more and more. And the enemy has strategically um, convinced Christians to get together less and less and less and less. I mean, he's he's just brilliant. He said, well, why should we get together more? So we can sit on our front porch and do rapture practice? I mean, what's the purpose of, of, of getting together more? I, I would say that there is a major increase of deception and a major increase in persecution, right? So this is just me going out on a limb here, all right? I mean, we know the scriptures say, say that in the end times, the love of most is going to grow cold, Right? And Jesus clearly told us numerous times that deception was going to skyrocket in the end times. And the scripture says, as you get closer to the end and you see that your redemption is going to draw nigh, get together more. Right? Get together more so you don't get deceived. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm running into a lot of Christians that are really getting deceived. I sit there and talk to them and go, what in the world book are you believing you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what some of the Christians are believing today. And part of it is they're not getting together, rubbing shoulders, studying the word together. Can someone say amen? amen. And I'm telling you that in the end times, I know that some of you 
think I'm, uh, you know, I'm, this is a scare tactic, but I'm here to tell you that persecution is going to get more intense and more intense and more intense. And churches that are structured, okay, and have systems that you can be in teams and or groups are going to make it through the persecution. And, and those of you that don't see this as a problem, you're going to continue to pop into church once a month. Maybe get on a team, maybe not get on a team, maybe get in a group, maybe not get in a group, and you're going to be all on your own facing the deception and the persecution. So I'm here to say, let's do something about the problem, and let's get together. Someone say amen. amen. Hopefully you're hearing my heart on all that. Okay. Said that, said that, said that. Listen, you can be a part of our problem or a part of our solution, but you can't be both. You can be a part of our problem, and it's our problem. It's not just your problem, it's our problem. And our problem is the plummeting of people serving on teams and the plummeting of people getting into groups and experiencing community. So you can be a part of our problem, or you can be a part of our solution, but you can't do both, right? If you continue to remain disconnected, you will enhance our problem. I don't think anybody wants to do that. So getting connected to Christ and his church through teams and groups is a big part of our solution. Amen? All right. Number two, wake up to your potential. Go to Ephesians chapter four. Question, how do you see yourself? Really? Let me rephrase it. If I put this jacket on you, how would you see yourself? What's the perspective that you have of yourself? How accurate is it? I mean, Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. There's other portions of scripture that indicate that a lot of Christians think less of themselves than they are, right? Insecure, inferior. So I'll ask again, what's the perspective that you have of yourself? You... Don't look around. I want you to just look in the mirror, right? You are filled with powerful potential. I said, you are filled with powerful potential. And I don't care what someone said, what someone did, or even how you feel about yourself. I don't mean I don't care how you feel about yourself. I just mean when it comes to this truth that's on the screen right now, Okay, you are filled, come on now, with powerful potential. If you don't believe that, I want you to know you're believing a lie. If you don't believe that you have powerful spiritual potential, you are believing a lie. You have incredible potential in Christ. You need to wake up and believe that about yourself. It's not arrogant. You have powerful potential where? In Christ. Christ. You see how humble that is. You don't have powerful potential on your own, okay, but you have powerful potential in Christ. As long as you stay in Christ, connected to Christ, I want you to know you have powerful potential, incredible potential. It is flat out incredible. So we need to wake up, okay, Because you will never reach your potential 
or reach your spiritual maturity, because that's kind of what we're talking about when we talk about potential. We're talking about your fullness in Christ. We're talking about spiritual maturity. You'll never reach it if you stay disconnected from Christian community. It ain't happening. If you stay disconnected from Christian community, you won't reach your potential. I didn't say you're going to hell. We're not talking about that, all right? We're just talking about your, your potential, being fruitful. We're talking about, we're talking about uh, 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 your spiritual maturity. We're talking about sanctification. We're, we're talking about growing in the Lord, things of that nature. It just won't happen if you stay disconnected to community. You can go to heaven, okay, but you're going to heaven immature, just saying, you want to mature, you got to get involved in community, all right? And I would say the same thing. You will never reach your potential or reach your spiritual maturity if you never or seldom serve alongside other believers. It's not happening. You start serving alongside other believers, we will see how mature you really are, right? It just, it generally what comes out is how immature you and I really are, right? And then God uses that to help us mature, Everyone watching Joyce Myers looks mature. <laughs> Everyone watching, you know, Stephen Furtick and Mike Todd and listening to Bob Duco, you know, looks mature. I mean, who's immature driving down the street listening to Bob Duco? I guess I better rephrase that. <laughs> I've seen some of you drive, all right? All right? <laughs> But my, my, my point is this, is, is we have bought into this. You know, I'm just going to listen to a bunch of podcasts. Okay, I'm just going to listen to a bunch of incredible preachers, and that's going to mature me. And it, it probably helps the cause, okay? But I'm here to tell you right now, you have got to connect with people if you want to reach your maturity. Listen, listen, the best way I can say it is simply this. You work through life leadership and ministry problems by connecting to people. Let me say that again. You work through life, leadership, and ministry problems connecting to people that are not perfect, like you. Okay? That is how you really become more mature and you reach your potential as you work next to people. Again, sitting home on the couch, you know, watching preachers all day long, you learn the word, but are you really getting mature? Are you really working out some things in you that are unhealthy? It's not happening without rubbing shoulders with people. Being disconnected from people is a for sure way to miss out on your spiritual potential. You stay disconnected from people and you're like, I'm not disconnected. I come to church every six weeks. That's not really connected. If you stay disconnected from people, I want you to know you're just not going to reach your spiritual potential. You have to. You have to, say that with me, you have to serve with people to reach your spiritual potential. You just do. You have to serve with people, serve with people if you want to reach your spiritual potential. It's just, it has to happen. I'm not saying it has to happen here at Rock Church. But if you want to reach your spiritual potential, you have to serve with other people. It just has to happen. I mean, Jesus didn't say that the greatest in the kingdom will be your servant if it didn't have some value to it. Amen? You have to. Now, again, we're not talking about salvation. We're not tra- talking about working your way to, to pleasing God so that you can be saved. We're talking about sanctification. We're talking about your potential. We're talking about the promises that God gave you. We're talking about being productive. It doesn't happen on your own. You need to rub shoulders with people. You need to rub shoulders with people. 
and you need to rub shoulders serving with people. Man, the stories I have that I will hold back right now. (laughs) You don't get to say, I did my time. As if you were in prison. Sometimes I talk to Christians, it cracks me up. Got the spirit of Beretta on them, you know what I'm saying? For those of you that are young, Google the song, it should be safe. I mean, that's what some of us say. I did my time. Like you're in a jail cell for the Lord, you know? You don't get to say, I served with people in the past. It stinks. Did nothing for me. I got nothing out of it. All I did was get used and abused. I mean, you can say that, but there's no real value in it. Right? All that will do, guys, is cause you to plateau and or decline in your Christian walk, your Christian journey, Christian road that you're on towards sanctification and maturity, if you say those types of things. How many know you never get to retire from discipleship? Just don't. I don't want to get into this right now because it's more what I want to talk about next week, so I'll fight off the temptation. You have to, you have to, say it with me. You have to be in Christian community, connecting in Christian relationships if you desire to reach your potential. So it's both. It really is. You're not going to reach your spiritual potential, again, on your own. So not only do you have to serve with people, that's given out, you gotta be in community with people, sharing and them sharing life with you and them pouring life into you. Are you hearing me? If you wanna reach your potential, if you wanna reach your fullness in Christ, if you're satisfied, stay home watching Mike Todd, I'm just saying. But if you wanna reach your potential, it takes people. It takes connecting with who? With people. And you don't get to say, I don't like to get with people. You don't get to say, I don't like being in groups. I've tried it a time or two, and the people are weird. (laughs) Well, they just might be saying that about you. I'm just saying. (laughs) You don't get to say, I don't like serving these people. I don't like it. You don't get to say, if you're a Christian, you don't get to say, "I, I, I don't like... I don't like connecting in community. I don't like it, you know. I don't like relationships. You know, you don't get to say that as a Christian. How I many know you don't get to say, I don't like people? It's called the love people, All right? Now, I'll recant a little bit because some of you are going to be like sending me emails, all right? I guess you can say all that stuff. You're free to say all that stuff. But if you don't connect in community with godly people and serve next to godly people, you won't reach your spiritual potential. And God sees you as a Holy Ghost rock star. Are you hearing me? Are you with me? You can say that. You can go out to eat with friends that have been in churches for years and say that stuff. And all that does is hinder your spiritual growth. It has never helped anyone grow up in the Lord. It has never helped anyone. It just adds to the problem, right, that we talked about earlier. And you stay disconnected. 
And I've been there. It's not fun. And we'll talk about that more in the future, near future, some of, the, some of the trials that I've had to go through to get back involved. But that's next week or the week after. Or the week after. I don't want to tell you because you won't come. All right. <laughs> Again, let me make sure that we're clear on this. Before we get into Ephesians 4, you should be there. We are not talking about your salvation. We're talking about your sanctification, your potential, and your possibilities. Okay? That's what we're talking about here. So in Ephesians chapter 4, I think I got time. Uh, We'll start in verse 11. Here's Paul again. It says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up and to wake up. I added that. Verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, obtaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, and only then, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body or church of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, the whole church joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Isn't that good stuff? Right there is like a five-week series. This portion of Scripture, guys, screams we need to connect to Christ and his church. I mean, it screams. It screams it. So let's break it down real fast. Break it down through the lens of your potential. Verse 11 Jesus gives us leaders like pastors and prophets, etc. right? And why does he do that? Why does he do that? To rule over us. No. Why does he do that? So you do their job. No. Okay. Verse 12, to equip, to prepare, or to connect his people for works of service. Amen? Well, why? Well, he answers that in verse 12 so that Christ's body, Christ's church may may be built up. Verse 13, then what happens? We grow in unity, we grow in faith, and we become mature. There's powerful stuff here. And what does spiritual maturity lead us to in verse 13? Our fullness or our potential in Christ. Someone say amen to that. You see the process there. You see the progress there. He puts people in our lives because he sees potential in us. He wants us to reach our fullness in Christ. He wants us to experience unity, grow in faith, and mature in the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful or what? Now notice in verse 14, it is only when, only when us problem people, look at your neighbor, he's talking about you. It's only when us problem people get poured into by other people that we wake up and are no longer spiritual infants. 
It's only when, when, when we, we rub shoulders with other people that we're no longer blown here and there by every wave of poor teaching, okay, and we fall to deceitful schemes of other people. And I want you to know right now, there's a lot of deceitful schemes out there, right? It, it only happens in community. It only happens when you have leaders over you that are keeping watch over you that's, and, and are equipping you and pouring into you. That's, that's what the scriptures say. Look at verse 15. Only then will we speak God's truth and love and grow to become mature Christians and a mature church. Isn't that powerful? It's only then when that happens. From, from there, verse 16, the whole body, the church, is joined and held together. Notice it's not separate. Notice there's no silos. Say, there's no silos. Say, there's no silos, Right? It, it's joined together and it's held together, okay? And what happens? We grow together, experiencing community. We are built up together, serving on teams or, or, or helping one another out, right? And we work together, right? We serve and we share life together. It's all about being together. And I guess my question is simply this. What would happen if we all would wake up together and get connected together? What would happen? What would happen if, if we all said, you know what? What the apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter four, I'm gonna start doing with my life. From here on out, I am going to make sure that not only do I come to church on Sundays, but I am going to get connected to community and I'm gonna get connected to teams because I have great potential in my life and I don't wanna be part of the problem. I wanna be part of the solution. Amen? And what would happen? What in the world would happen? I think there'd be louder clapping than I just heard. I'm just saying. All right. So people are a part of God's plan. Look at the person next to you and say, you are a part of God's plan. You, people are a part of God's plan to help you reach your incredible and immeasurable potential. I'm gonna say that again. People are a part of God's plan to help you reach your incredible and immeasurable potential. And I put immeasurable in there because don't you dare let anybody put limits on what God wants to do in you and through you, right? It's incredible and it's immeasurable, the potential that you have. Ah, but don't miss the beginning of that. People are part of God's plan. People are part of God's plan. Shortly after... Kim and I, well, actually, I started going to church. Um, I joined a community group. It was called Softball. Anybody ever been in one of those groups? We were very competitive. We were so competitive that we slid into the pitcher. I'm just saying, we were competitive, all right? Um, but it was, an ex from my perspective, it was a very spiritual community. It really was. I have no idea the, the Jesus talks we had before the game, during the game, and after the game. You had no idea of the people who connected to the church through something as silly as softball. And you're looking at one of them. We can make fun of softball all days long, but one of the ways I got connected to a church, okay, was through a community group called a softball team. Shortly after that, I got involved in what was called cell groups. I'm so glad they changed the name to community groups. It just sounded really spooky, you know. I'm going into a cell group, you know. Um, but we call them cell groups, right? 
And I believe we met every Monday night for at least two years, every Monday night I was in this cell group. We were pouring into people, pouring into one another, pouring into one another. It was at Kim's mom and dad's house. We were in their living room. I'm not kidding. It was wall to wall people. We couldn't fit any more people in their living room. We had half the cell group in the kitchen and the other, and this is not like, you know, today where kitchens and, and living rooms are connected. I mean, there was a wall there and all they could do was listen. We were close to cutting holes in the roof. You know what I'm saying? Because, because people wanted to be part of this cell group and, and this community group. I believe that those days can return, someone say amen. I mean that. You have a cell group, you have a community group, you have a life group in your home. I want you to know you can pack the living room out, someone say amen. It gets so big that you have to multiply it into another home, right? Kimmy and I started serving on many different teams. And many of those teams, every one of those teams, helped us to mature go towards our potential. I'll share a few of those real fast. From starting to set up chairs, the greeting coordinator, that was the greeting coordinator at the church. Church lacks some giftings, you know what I'm saying? We were the greeting coordinators. And then from there, we moved into small group leaders. And then from there, we became the junior high directors. From there, we became the senior high directors. In the midst of all that, we, we led many mission teams where we were the leaders of the short mission trips, right? After that, I became a youth pastor. I haven't changed my outfit since, just saying, right? Four years after being a youth pastor, four, four years, I was an evangelist where I traveled from church to church and church to church. I went to 40 churches in four years. Then I became a church planter of a church called Rock Church. You may have heard of it, right? You know? Today, I'm the lead pastor of Rock Church, right? Um, and who knows what my potential might lead me to. They may call me bishop one day, just saying. <laughs> I do, some of you do call me Father Angelo. It has a little ring to it, right? <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying your journey needs to be like ours. But we will not help fix our problem or reach your potential on your own. Let me say that again. You will not help fix our problem or reach your potential on your own. You don't have to follow the same journey or path that Kim and I did. But I am here to tell you, on your own, you will plateau and or decline. If you want to reach your potential, you need people. Please stand. When we get done, if you've not connected, we do have a room called the Connection Room, and we will turn the light on in that corner so that you can see the sign and head to the Connection Room. Pastor Solomon, come on up here, good looking. Listen, nothing has helped me be more like Jesus and enhance my potential more than serving others. I mean that. Nothing. I can't think of anything. You say, what about preaching? Doesn't even come close. What has helped me more than anything reach my potential is serving Jesus and serving others. Um, I cannot stress enough, God has graced you with gifts and potential. I said, God has graced you with gifts and potential. 
all right? I'm gonna ask that you come to this altar. There's a card on your chair. Bring it up here in unity, every one of you, with passion. All right? Come on, nice and tight. If you're in the front right now, you need to be up here. Come on, we gotta pack this place up. If you're already in a group or on a team, it's all right. Come on up as a sign of, of unity. Pastor Solomon is going to get into some practicalities. I got a few closing thoughts. We're going to worship Jesus together, and we're going to get you out of here. That concludes this week's podcast. To stay up to date with all things Rock Church, you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram as Rock Church MI.